Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, yesterday, the sports world lost someone very important. Legendary coach Bob Knight passing away. And today, we are going to pay a little tribute to the man himself. We've got all that and so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I'm Charlie Arnold. Thank you so much for being here on Outkick the Morning. Uh, We've definitely got a show for you, and we are starting off uh, on a little bit of a sad note because all of you probably know very well by now I'm an Indiana girl, so this one especially hits close to home for me because yesterday the sports world lost a legend, Bob Knight passing away at the age of 83. Knight, his accomplishments really to the moon. He was a three-time national champion, He made five Final Fours during his 29-year season at Indiana University from 1971 to 2000. That position, sandwiched between head coaching stints at Army and also Texas Tech, Knight was also inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame and both of the College Basketball Hall of Fame as well, with one of the most impressive records of all time. So he obviously did his thing and did it well. He finished his career with a record 902 wins. He had 371 losses. And at the end of the day, this made him one of D1's most winningest coaches in all of history, ranking sixth among all of them. Uh, And this really just got me to thinking about the great things that he was remembered for, but also we cannot be remiss in mentioning some of the criticism that he also received throughout his coaching tenure. Of course, he was known for his hot-headed temper, especially the one moment that will forever be ingrained in history when he threw a chair across the court during a game. Uh, This is something that I remember the most about because my father all the time, a massive Indiana fan, he actually attended Indiana University. So he is, when I tell you, one of the most diehard Indiana fans, like I completely mean that. I actually made a joke to him years ago. And I said, Dad, would you rather sacrifice me or never watch Indiana basketball again? And he actually like hesitated when he thought about it. So uh, obviously he loves me, but Indiana basketball is that near and dear to his heart. So it's just funny to me. And I grew up going to Indiana basketball games with my father. We would drive up to Bloomington from Indianapolis uh, during the week on weekends. And we would have our little routines where we would go to one of the local bars on campus. I mean, I wasn't old enough to sit in the real bar part, but there was a restaurant area downstairs. Uh, And it was called Nick's. And we would go there and we would eat before the games or we'd go to another hot spot on campus called Kilroy's. And we would eat there. Uh, They have their famous breadsticks. And uh, we would then go to the games and have so much fun together. It was like, I think the ultimate father daughter bonding moments for us as I was a kid. Anyways, I didn't get a chance to experience the Bobby Knight era because by the time we started going, which was 2000, that was the year that Bobby Knight had just left. So I came in for the next season. Mike Davis had just stepped in as head coach. So I didn't get to experience Bobby Knight firsthand, but my dad always would talk about him. And of course, as a kid, you know, being a girl, I was very, very entrenched in all of the drama. So when my dad would tell me about all of his on-the-court antics, those are the things that I remember the most, and especially the chair incident. Uh, That is something I will never 
forget. So obviously, Bobby Knight passing away is something that hugely affects the entire sports world and community, uh, especially the college basketball community. Uh, but definitely, like I mentioned, all of his accolades, his resume speaks for itself. He's so accomplished, uh, had one of the best records in all of D1 history, uh, inducted into two Hall of Fames, and 29 years at one university. Uh, that's very, very impressive. And something you don't often see today. I feel like we kind of have entered into an era uh, where you see coaches bouncing around more often than not. There are some programs, uh, John Calipari, uh, he was one that was at a program for such a long time. Nick Saban is another that comes to mind when I think of coaches that have stayed in one spot for an extended period of time. But a lot of times we're just seeing people bouncing around. They're going for the best opportunity. They're chasing the money. Uh, programs are turning around more often than not. Uh, and then especially when you look at college sports, I mean, in that regard, it's game over. Uh, it's it's a spectacle to see a coach sitting in one position for uh, you know several years at a time at this point. Okay, so there we go. That's my Bobby Knight memory. Rest in peace, Bobby Knight. Uh, thank you for everything you did for the sports world. Thank you for your impact, and thanking thank you for everything that you contributed uh, over as many years as you did. Uh, and on that note, I now want to bring in someone else who's going to weigh in for just a second on what Bobby Knight meant for him because he actually played professional sports, so can speak to the subject in a little bit of a different manner than I can. So joining me now, we have nine-year veteran, NFL tight end, who spent most of his time with the Eagles in the Jaguars, Clay Harbor. Clay, you probably just heard me give my whole obituary for Bobby Knight. Uh, I'm from Indiana, so obviously this affects me maybe a little bit different than someone who didn't grow up in the great state of Indiana, but you were an athlete, so obviously, when you think about coaches and the effect that they had on the game, it resonates just a little bit, bit differently for you. So uh, when you think of the passing of Bobby Knight and the effect he had on the sports world, what comes to mind? Yeah, Charlie, firstly, I am actually um, finishing up my MBA uh, this semester at Kelly School of Business at IU. So I do have a oh. little bit of a connection to Indiana as well. And this is a remote program. I've only been to Bloomington a couple times. But when I think of Bobby Knight, I think of a winner. This is a guy who got it done in several different decades. This is a guy who had the last perfect season and a guy that was able to get it done under scrutiny. And he was unapologetically himself in today and age when that's so hard to do. I respect a guy like him that stuck to his morals. He stuck to his values and it wasn't always easy, but he continued to win and continued to get it done in the face of criticism. I think we need more people like him today. Uh, I totally agree with you, and I also would encourage you, because you said you've only been to Bloomington a couple of times, fall is the best time. I mean, you might have actually already missed the best window, uh, but Bloomington in the fall, when the leaves are changing, is one of the most gorgeous things you will ever see. So if not this year, I would encourage you to go in the spring uh, or, you know, next fall. Well, how long is your program? Are you, are you just beginning or are you... No, I only got a semester left. I'm on uh, year three. Unfortunately, it's taken me a little while, but I'm finally at the end of the program. Okay, and you are, what are you going to business school for? Uh, just my MBA, my master's in business. Yeah, but wh what are you, what is your goal? Like, what's your objective for once you get your business degree? Do you have something in mind that you're going to pursue? Yeah, I have a speaking business, and instead of speaking to college teams, high schools, and athletic departments, I want to be able to say, hey, I got my business degree from a top 10 business school, and now I'll be able mm. to speak to corporations, speak to different companies about 
business instead of speaking, using my story uh, to talk about athletics. So I think it just, for me, it just made sense. And for, for me as an NFL player, if you get accepted, the NFL has a, a bunch of good retirement benefits for their players. And one of them is if oh. you get accepted to a certain school, they will pay for it. So it's a scholarship program. And I said, hey, I'm taking care of every I'm taking advantage of everything I can with the NFL because they do take a lot from you. They take your youth. You know, you come out of there banged up a little bit. So I'm going to get this degree for free. Wow, that is actually something I wasn't even aware of. That is super cool. So the NFL is paying your way through business school. I mean, that's very, we all, we all know, I mean, student loan debts is one of the biggest problems plaguing the younger generations right now in the country. Even, not even just the younger generations, even older millennials right now are still stuck with tremendous amount of student debt. So that's pretty remarkable that you're getting all of that paid for. Yeah, it's sad. And it's something that a lot of former NFL players don't take advantage of, you know, and it's something that's there. And you obviously, you got to get accepted and it takes a little bit. You have to turn in papers and essays to get this scholarship. And there's some hoops you got to jump through. But if you take the time and you and you really look into the benefits you get, there's a lot of things that a lot of the retired NFL players don't take advantage of. And one of the things I decided when I was done that I was going to do, I was going to shake down everything I could for the NFL. I'm not going to leave any stones unturned. I'm going to make sure no. <laughs> I figure out exactly what you get as a vested veteran. And you do have to be a vested veteran. Some guy will play for one year, two years, three years. You have to hit that four-year mark, which is when you hit the, the vested veteran mark to be a acquired veteran in the NFL to reach the, you know, the retirement and all the benefits. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Well, uh, I hate to say this, but Jimmy G might want to start looking into the benefits uh, that are provided <laughs> by the NFL. I, I we won't go that far quite yet, but he is not looking like things right now, looking a little hazy for him. Uh, things in Vegas right now, Clay, are a little bit off the rails. We just saw Jimmy G get benched. Uh, honestly, his backup, I'm not even completely familiar with who he is. Uh, so that's a little bit of a, a shock to the system. Uh, we just saw head coach Josh McDaniels get canned. We just saw the general manager, Dave Zeigler, also fired alongside him. Uh, so obviously, whatever's going on in Vegas is anyone's guess. The timing to me feels a little bit weird. The trade deadline just passed. But when you saw all of this transpiring, one after the other after the other, what was your thought? Man, I don't even know where to start with this story. But I guess I'll start with Jimmy G. I think he's okay. You know, his three-year, $75 million contract might, might keep him from having to go back to, to business school to get his MBA. But we'll, we'll start with you know, Al Davis, usually decisions made in the middle of the night in Las Vegas aren't the best decisions. But this one seems to me like it is. Josh McDaniels had his opportunity. He has the worst offense in the NFL. He's averaging 15.8 points per game. I used to play for the New England Patriots. Josh McDaniels was my offensive coordinator. This guy's a good offensive coordinator. He's great, but he's just not a, a good head coach. You know, I like Josh. You know, there are people who have different feelings. He rubs some people the wrong way. But you can't tell me that he he did right by this Raiders organization. Jimmy Garoppolo leading the NFL in interceptions with nine interceptions. This dude missed two games, and he's still leading the league in interceptions. You're 30th in, in points scored. You're 30th in total offense, and you're coming in as an offensive mind. Yes, you have to get fired. And it was your idea to bring Jimmy Garoppolo in for David Carr, the longtime quarterback of the Raiders. Carr's had three straight 300-yard passing games. 
Jimmy Garoppolo can barely break a hundred and he doesn't even look healthy. I don't know if he's, if he's hurt or if he's just shot. So to me, this was a long time coming. It's unfortunate, mm. but I agree with it. I know it's only two years, not even two years, but he, he hasn't performed. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was talking about in my opening monologue is to see coaches stick around uh, for extended periods of time now. I mean, the NFL is not the same as college basketball, of course, but it, it's not so it's not so often you see guys sticking around for 29 years like Bobby Knight did in the same spot. So uh, something to definitely be said about that. Um, okay, let's talk about another coach, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, is finding himself in some hot water right now. Uh, the Michigan program under scrutiny. Uh, there's the whole idea that maybe they were cheating, uh, stealing signs in the ways that they did it. Obviously, it honestly sounds like it's out of a book. Uh, it sounds like something that was scripted for a TV show. It's very bizarre. But now we look at what could the future hold for Jim Harbaugh. And there is, of course, as there always is, the talk of him leaving college to go back to the NFL. And just to tie it into what we talked about, we know that Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, he always loves to make a splash. So maybe he decides to target Harbaugh. Anyways, I yesterday spoke with Fox uh, NFL insider Jay Glazer to see what his what his feel of this whole situation was. And here's what he told me. There's the talk that, you know, and I think there's been, there's always talk about this, that he could be leaving college to go to the NFL. Is this anything swirling on that front? See, he's been trying for a couple of years. And I think yeah. what Harbaugh does when he goes in interviews, he's almost kind of goes in and interviews them. Like he's going to choose them. And I do think that needs to get switched around. Uh, he is a great coach, obviously. He's an incredible coach. Um, but also... Yeah, I, I mean, there's. We still have to see what happens with this whole investigation. Yeah. If more and more and more. Are you, I mean, are you more, following it? I am. Yeah, yeah. And more and more and more. Maybe because that, that too, it's crazy to have a guy potentially on another sideline. Um, remember too, I was the one who broke Spygate and had the Spygate yeah. tape. Yeah. I still have the only copy in existence. And when I first saw it too, I'm like, because the first part of Spygate, the camera guy was zooming into girls in the crowd and. The, uh, the cheerleaders and this and that. I'm like, oh, this is, somebody scammed me. And then all of a sudden, boom, see the players come in, then boom, there's the Jets coaches. I'm like, oh my God, my life just changed. It's incredible. So yeah, for things like that, uh, any kind of, you know, something gate, uh, yeah, you're always following. Okay, and guess what, everybody? That was just a little snippet of my time with Mr. Jay Glazer. Uh, we had a whole conversation. We got into so many different topics. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I have known Jay for a very long time. So this conversation was open, honest, and real. It was fantastic. And guess what? Tomorrow, you will hear the full uncensored version right here on Outkick the Morning. But now I want to bring back in Clay Harbor uh, to talk about what Jay just said. Also, the fact that Jim Harbaugh, teeter-tottering, maybe on the edge of does he stay or does he go? And Clay, what do you think is going to happen? And if he does decide to go to the NFL, how do you think he's going to be received, especially after this whole scandal is going on right at the moment? Well, firstly, I mean, this Connor Stallions, uh, I mean, it's so it's such a crazy story. Like the guys in the sidelines, you remember those fake glasses with like the nose and the mustache? You know, I'm like, yes. what, what's going on here? Like, it is and like kidding. the big nose. I mean, I don't think he probably had the nose, but yeah. Yeah, but that's what I picture him like going around to teams with those with those fake glasses on, just sitting on the sidelines. But 
with with Jim Harbaugh, I think he'll he'll be received. He's a guy that's that's done it before in the NFL. I don't think NFL players care what happened in college or with with the sign stealing deal. He's been in the NFL before. He's a guy that's won in the NFL, and that's hard to come by right right now. He had a 122 and 41 record in the NFL. I mean, this guy won the NFC. He won his division twice. He's a winner. He's won at small school college football. He's won at big school college football. He's won at the NFL and he came back and won at big school college football. So I think he'll have a bunch of offers when he does come back. For me in Philadelphia, I was in Philadelphia for three years when Chip Kelly came and became the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Different story. Chip didn't really fit with with us in Philly. He had a couple good years, but he came in and he tried to treat it like a college. Jim Harbaugh isn't that guy. This guy played in the NFL for Mm -hmm. 15 years. He knows how to run an NFL program. He knows how to coach NFL players. Chip Kelly came in and tried to coach guys like they were in college, and it was not received well. Guys did not like playing that way. They did not like playing for Chip. I was one of them. He actually tried to move me to linebacker. I played tight end for four years in the NFL. He'd come in to say, I'm going to be linebacker, which was a story for another time, Charlie. (laughs) But Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, that would have been an interesting pivot for you. (laughs) Yeah. He's played in the league, and he's a guy that knows how to do it. You might not be in business school if you would have been a linebacker. I I just don't know that you would have held up as nicely as you have. Uh, It probably would have been a different type of life you were looking at. <laughs> oh, you're probably, you're not wrong there. I mean, just that's the kind of stuff that Chip Kelly does. And that's the kind of stuff you can do in college. And the thing about Jim Harbaugh is he has the NFL background. I don't know if it's in his genes. No, I'm not talking about a jean jacket. I'm talking about in his DNA. His dad was a great coach. His brother is a great coach. For some reason, the Harbaugh's just get it done. Give me a Harbaugh. If I'm if I'm an NFL owner, if I'm Mark Davis, I am looking at Harbaugh. I'm begging him to come from Chicago Bears, and yeah, I have a chance. Matt Eberflus is yep. five and twenty as a head coach. I'm gonna try to get him to come in the offseason too. You're right. The uh, the DNA's in the Harbaugh family run strong. Okay, well clearly you just mentioned you had some annoying coaches. Uh, also, I have to imagine you've had some annoying coworkers. I know I have. Not gonna name any names. I think that would get me into some trouble right now. Uh, but Clay, in your case, we wouldn't even necessarily call them coworkers. They were, they were teammates. Uh, there is a video that's going viral uh, about someone talking about the names that they have for their obnoxious coworkers. So let's check that out. Nicknames that you can call your coworkers. The first one is Kit Kat, because they always need a break. And then Justin, because they do just enough to not get fired. Then there's Motion Light, because they only work when they see someone. Okay, uh, I've never heard these nicknames, but they make sense. I like that Kit Kat, because they always need a break. Uh, Talk to me about some of the nicknames you had for your teammates. I won't necessarily um, say they have to have been your annoying teammates, but I know players, they have the best nicknames Ever. Some of them even inappropriate ones. So feel free to share the best of the best ones with us. I don't want to share the best of the best ones, but I mean, there's, Come on. there's, there's the silly ones like the receivers we used to say, you know, Deshaun Jackson was 7-Eleven because he was always open. You know, 7-Eleven's 24 hours a day. Oh, that's always good. Open. And we should say another teammate, uh, one of our one of our offensive linemen on offense. 
we would have a big run. It's clearly the running back doing all the work, breaking the tackles. But we call him Visa because he always took the credit. Even if he missed the block, he was always tried to take the credit. So Visa oh, like was that. his game. Even when the running back had to do all the work, the quarterback through the pass, this guy's taking the credit. And so, you know, there's a couple of those nicknames. Oh, I like that. I don't I don't have any clever nicknames. I think I probably just called them like things that I wouldn't repeat on television. So I uh, I'm not gonna get into that right now. Um, yeah, so my, okay, I actually, wanna I, Yeah, mine was actually they called me the claymaker. But playmaker in football, oh. claymaker. So that was something funny that got started when I was in Jacksonville. So when it stuck, when my coaches, when my coaches would yell at me, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd mess up a block, you know, mess up a protection. I would, I, I, something happened. They would, it would claymaker, come on, you got to do better. Come on, claim. It ended up becoming my name. So there's a ton of nicknames running around, floating around in the NFL locker room. I actually had one claymaker, which was pretty funny and it kind of, continued on to my friend group at home. Yeah, and I have to imagine there was some nicknames in the uh, the Bachelorette house as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course we had to go there, Charlie. I can't, you know, looking back at that, <laughs> my memory's a little hazy. You know, my time in the Bachelorette was short, but, uh, you know, I can't, I can't recall any of the nicknames, to be honest. Um. Okay, so the, yeah, obviously we don't have time to get into all that right now, uh, but I am not currently a huge fan of the franchise. I have like a crazy schedule, so I don't get to tune in like I used to, but uh, definitely feel like that would have been the most insane situation. Uh, you're used to being around a lot of guys. Can't even imagine what it would be like being in a house with a bunch of guys competing for the heart of one woman. But again, a topic for another day. Uh, because this next story is crazy, Clay. Former NBA player Joe Smith completely caught off guard because his wife told him that she had an OnlyFans account. And that's, what I, I was like, wait a second. She told him, and that was the, the craziest part to me. Yeah, she actually took it upon herself to reveal this information on her own initiative. So she actually filmed it as well. So before we get into it, let's watch this. Oh. I have an OnlyFans page, and he's mad because he's just now finding out about it. Of course I'm mad I'm just finding but out about it. I'm not doing it with anybody but myself, so why should I have to tell you my choice, my body, my body, my choice? Joe, I've been talking to you about mad things. I've been asking for solutions, not giving me none, so I created one. That's no solution. <laughs> Clay. Oh my God. First of all, to find out that your wife had an OnlyFans account is mind blowing. I can't even fathom what I would do in that situation. And B, for her then to film his reaction is entirely disrespectful as well. When you see all of this, I mean, what the hell? <laughs> what, what, do you, like, what do you even say to that? So at first, you know, I was really, I really felt for, for Joe Smith. And I'm like, man, this is, you know, your wife, you probably, you know, good marriage. Next thing you know, you find out that she has an OnlyFans. It has to be really heartbreaking. But come to find out that she was formerly a, oh, my lights just went out in my office. It's one of those motion sensor things. So there we go. <laughs> there we go. You know, I'm magic. It's like using the force as a Jedi. But uh, I felt bad for him. But come to find out, Previously, she was an adult 
uh, film star or something along. I don't know even know what that means, but I mean, I can imagine. And he knew that before. So now I'm thinking, okay, yeah, she said she changed. She would stop that. But in my opinion, it goes back to, I mean, when you get married to someone, you, you kind of have to look at, for some clues in their past and what happened. But my question is this. Joe Smith played for over 15 years in the NBA. He's made over $60 million. I don't understand why, why she needs to have an OnlyFans page to, you know, to get by. Yeah, it's um, it's an answer I'm not sure we're ever going to get, but I hope Joe Smith comes to his senses and leaves this woman because holy crap, this is wild. Uh, Clay, you are great. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. Get to Bloomington as soon as possible, and we'll see you soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Charlie. Appreciate it. Outkick the Morning will be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Uh, okay, let's stick with the OnlyFans subject. It seems to be a, a very common subject these days. It's very sad and definitely speaks to what women uh, like to resent, represent themselves as in today's society. Uh, again, that's another conversation for another day. Uh, it obviously can make a person a lot of money. We are very well aware of that. Uh, but it also puts a scarlet letter on your chest. That is something we also know. So imagine, let's say there's a school teacher that decides to create an OnlyFans account. What's going to happen? Oh, wait, that did happen. And guess what? I caught up with that very same teacher to get her reaction, her thoughts, and really her explanation on why all of this madness happened in the first place. Listen to this. Okay, so here's an interesting interview. Uh, I am so excited to be talking with Brianna Coppage. Brianna, you're a former high school teacher turned OnlyFans star. That's not yeah. normally a career trajectory you often see. Um, yeah. But the reasoning behind it was you were making, what, $42,000 a year salary as a teacher. You had mm -hmm. tons of student loans to pay off and you needed some supplementary income. So you turned to OnlyFans and mm -hmm. you were caught. Yes, that is accurate. Um, I mean, my uh, my field and my education has always been in teaching. Um, I was a teacher for five years 
and I had multiple degrees as well. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that teachers just are underpaid, truly. Okay, so underpaid, sure. My mother actually was a teacher. Um, so I I understand the struggles that come mm-hmm. along with the profession, but you had to have known that going into it, right? You knew teachers weren't like, you know, you weren't getting a doctor's pay, you weren't getting a lawyer's pay. So when did it kick in that you were like, I need to do something and this might seem drastic, but this seems like maybe the easiest way to make big bucks and make them quickly. So the comment about, yes, I knew that teachers didn't make a lot of money going into it. Um, I've seen a lot of people commenting that, but does it make it right? It's like, just because I knew that going into it, does that mean that teachers should, you know, continue to be underpaid? Um I just don't think that's fair, but I will say, yes, I definitely knew the risk going into it. Um, it was something that I, my husband and I discussed like the potential risks. Yeah. So he, yeah, we're, we're, we're together, like doing this together. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hold on. So that, that that's a little bit mind blowing. Okay. So you're married, Mm -hmm. you have a husband and you guys actually talked about you pursuing this side venture on OnlyFans. Uh, before you even started it. And he was totally supportive of it. Yeah. Yeah. So it has always kind of been a joke. Um, He would say things like, oh, you're so pretty. Like, I know that girls are successful on there. Um, Maybe something, maybe it would work. You know, maybe we would have extra money to pay, to pay off our bills. Um, So yeah, it wasn't something I, I did on my own. Um, It was just a decision that we made as husband and wife as, and as adults. Wow. That's, that's, I mean, I just can't imagine a man I've ever been with being supportive of something like that. Okay. So that's, there's one layer to that. Now talk to me. You decided to go down this road uh, Mm -hmm. and how long was it after you started that then, and also tell me, how did you get figured out who, who came forward and and how did that occur? So I was only doing it for probably about four months. I started it over the summer, this past summer. So it's it's been like six months total. Um, it's a very new thing. And um, I had an alias. I did not use my real name. I did not show my face on camera for a very, yeah, for a very long time. Like I tried my best to stay hidden. Um, and then I think it got to the point where like, um, it didn't really take off until I collaborated with some other people in St. Louis who have a pretty big following. And so that's really what got me found out. That's when the exposure became too great. And someone, mm-hmm. it's interesting though. I wonder who recognized you. Like there, I guess, was there maybe a parent of a student who, I mean, so had, had to have um, been on actually, hand, right? We've had people, so it wasn't, I just want to make it clear. It was not a student who found me. There was speculation about that. Um, that is not accurate. And it also wasn't even a parent. So I teach in a town that I, I don't like reside in. Um, it's about half an hour from me. So people in my hometown saw it and reported it to the school mm-hmm. district. Okay. All right. So obviously that was a quick boot, right? They were like, sorry, you can't be a teacher and also be, uh, I mean, Um, honestly, it wasn't like, they did not ever say that to me. They just came in and they just said, we're going to basically put you on leave and investigate. I think their main concerns were, was I doing this during the school day? And was I doing it on school grounds? So that was what they were investigating. Um, but they didn't have been okay if they would have found that you were doing it on private property 
in your own free time? Is that, I mean, I, I just wonder ultimately if that would have made a difference. So that's what I was doing. It was on my yeah, own free time. Yeah. It was at my home. Um, they, yeah, they basically wanted to investigate to see the details. And then once people reported it to the media, I just resigned. Um, they didn't say if they were going to fire me. They didn't necessarily say that what I was doing was wrong. Um, they just let me resign. Wow. Okay. So you resigned. That was your decision. Yes. Uh, but I have to imagine you got some feedback. I mean, I'm, were there parents of students that you had already been friendly with or you associated with or just knew even through parent-teacher conferences that reached out? Did you have any mm -hmm. students reach out? Like what was the the feedback or the blowback yes. after you made that move? Yeah. So it's actually been very supportive. There was a petition that went around for me to keep my job. It got like thousands of signatures. It was really wow. from parents. Um, there were parents signing, students signing, community members. Um, but at the end of the day, I didn't really feel like it would be appropriate for me to return. Um, I just didn't, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, it's a little weird. If like you're naked on yeah, internet young students. I mean, I just don't, those two things generally don't go hand in hand. I don't know, like maybe mm -hmm. one day they will. Um, okay. But bottom line is the reason you left was to make more money. You've now it's been reported made mm -hmm. something like a million dollars, maybe more at this point versus a $42,000 a year teaching job. So yes. uh, from a money perspective, I could see that you would be very happy, very satisfied, but just mm -hmm. from a personal perspective, knowing that you went and got all your degrees, you had been teaching for five years. It obviously was a passion of yours. Do you feel any type of regret knowing that you can't have both now? Um, it's, I definitely went through a period of grieving. Um, it was tough just to, to realize that I won't be going back and I won't ever be teaching Shakespeare again or, or teaching students grammar. Like that's tough. Um, or just missing out on those moments with them. Um, I feel like I have like really great relationships with students and they would come in and they would say, Mrs. Coppage, I, I got my driver's license over the weekend. Like I'm so excited. And they just share those things with you. And those are the types of moments that I'm going to miss just those personal connections. So there's definitely been a period of, of grieving. Maybe when they grow up, they can, <laughs> and they can, they can tell you all the things again. Um, okay. So now I have to ask about your stick mm -hmm. on OnlyFans because obviously former teacher. I mean, I have to imagine there's like fetishes out there where people just right. size about school teachers and, you know, the various different, uh, ways that could be portrayed. Do you right. up this shtick? Um, yeah, I have a little bit, um, gosh, mainly my content is still the same. I do. I did do like a sexy teacher outfit for Halloween. Um, that's probably like the, you know, the thing I did, um, that kind of played off of that, but I, I try not, I don't want to like make, I don't know. I don't like making light of the situation because I understand that it it is serious, but I do a little bit of teacher stuff. Yeah. Okay. And then just in general, like being on OnlyFans, I know it's become very popular. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a little, I mean, it's very interesting the way society has gone in the direction where women feel so comfortable. I mean, because it, it, and you can answer, is there a different, if is there a difference between pornography and OnlyFans or is it one and the same essentially now? Oh, it's same. really the same. Yeah. But I would, but I do want to preface that like with saying OnlyFans is more personal. So you can develop like personal relationships because you can actually message the person behind the screen. And that's what makes OnlyFans different is you can't, you can't message a porn star. 
but you can, when you subscribe, actually speak to me, you know, and like get that personal experience. Okay. So as someone that went from, I mean, you were a role model, like you were someone these kids looked up to could guide them and, you know, hopefully the correct direction in life to now being what could be, you know, I, I'm not trying to demean by any means, but a porn star. Uh, mm-hmm. What does that, what does that say though, to younger girls who, I mean, because a lot of people might say that that's not a, you know, there's different probably fields of thought. One might say this mm-hmm. is most empowering. Other people would say this is uh, the ultimate form of self-disrespect. Um, mm-hmm. So what do you feel like coming from a teacher's perspective to now being mm-hmm. someone that you're in an industry that a lot of people would say is pretty trashy and <laughs> what does that teach young girls? I, I just, for me, it would be a little bit of a, mm-hmm. a tough thing to process in my mind. Yeah, um, I do feel that everyone is entitled to their own beliefs. Like that is what makes us human beings and that's okay. Like we can believe in different things and we can still be kind to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kindness takes takes nothing to give. So I I still believe that I'm a good person. I don't I I have been the same person all along. Um, but I also I just feel like we have different everyone can have different beliefs and and that's okay. So if this doesn't work for one person, that's fine. Um, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm promoting it to, to a younger generation, but still, I don't know. I feel like even if you don't agree with it, we, we can just be kind. Yeah, no, that's, that's a fair point. And I definitely am with you on that one. Uh, Brianna, is there anything else you can tell me about the world Mm -hmm. of only fans just because I mm-hmm. again I find that so many women are like you know what forget real life forget trying to get a real job nine to five not interested I'm going to put my naked body on the internet and make money I mean it's just a trend that has blown up in these past few years mm-hmm. um I would say it's definitely a real job it's still a nine to five like I'm still working all the time literally 24 7 and it's not it's not easy to get started and it's not like you just post a picture and people come pay you money like it's it's a it's a job yeah it's work okay Brianna well thank you so much <laughs> and uh it's just such an interesting story so I'm happy I got mm-hmm. to catch up with you and I wish you the best of luck yeah absolutely thanks so much thank you So not a nine to five, but it is a 95, a very different type of nine to five. Not for me, uh, very bizarre. And I will never not understand the world of OnlyFans and how so many women are quickly jumping over to the dark side. Anyways, speaking of the dark side, uh, the pronoun insanity, also very dark. It has gotten completely out of control. And now we have another viral video to prove just how crazy it has gotten. Take a breath and watch this. Looks like uh, he's having a uh, nice piece. She, 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 her. It's okay. It's all good. But it was not all good. Hi. I use she, her pronouns. I'm not sir. Yeah, like it, it, it's like a knife in the heart. I also, I did specifically ask ahead of time not to be called sir. Yeah, I'm just going to go. Okay. The sweet water starts at, okay. Not, I mean, I'm so sorry. My apologies. A knife in the heart? Oh my gosh. The sensitivity and outrageousness of the trans community is 
absurd. My name is Charlie, everybody. If, if you haven't already learned that by now, that is a boy's name. So I have lived my whole life with a boy's name in a time where most people early on weren't seeing my face when they were hearing my name. So I was often addressed as Mr. or Sir. I was put on an all-boys soccer team when I was six years old because they just assumed Charlie was a boy. I was not offended. I have never been offended. In fact, a few weeks ago, one of the people at my accountant's office wrote me an email and said, Dear Mr. Arnold. And then, before I even responded, they wrote me another email apologizing to me for misgendering me. And I was offended that they wrote me an apology email. I actually wrote back and said, please do not ever apologize for something like that. And if you're working at an office in which you feel the need to apologize, you should probably go find a new job. This has gotten completely out of control. I do not support this. The whole concept of being misgendered is made up and stupid. Uh, this person who's sitting there should fully understand that they look, though they're dressed like a woman, they look like a man. And people don't often know how to address someone. What if, for example, this person would have addressed as, been addressed as she or her, and maybe they didn't identify as a she or her. How is anyone supposed to know what pronouns people identify as these days? It has gotten so far beyond reach that I don't think anyone should be expected, nor should anyone get insulted if they are misgendered. This is, this is, this is it. Uh, I am glad that they got up out of that restaurant because I have a, a strong feeling that those working at that restaurant uh, did not like being reprimanded. They probably were unsure of what was going on in the first place, and they probably have other customers uh, that were more valuable of their attention at the time. Anyways, guys, that is all I've got. What a fiery show we had today. That was so much fun. And don't forget tomorrow, my sit down with Jay Glazer. Well, sit down virtually. You know how it is these days. It's 2023. No one's really doing much of anything in person anymore. Uh, but it's going to be so much fun. And I hope you'll all tune in. So until then, I have a few requests of you. Please subscribe, get the alerts, like, comment, and follow me on social media. Drop me a line. Tell me how you're feeling today. The handle is at Charlie on TV. So with all that being said, everybody, have a fantastic Thursday, and I will see all of you tomorrow morning.